Our reading in the New Testament for today will be from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 23. The message of our ministry is the gospel of Christ. The model for our ministry is the example of Christ. The motive for our ministry is the reward of Christ, and the means of our ministry is the provision of Christ. He provides unity when we disagree with our fellow Christians, and peace when we're prone to worry. If we pray as we ought to pray and think as we ought to think, well, the peace of God will guard us, and the God of peace will go with us. He provides the power we need for life and service, and the material needs we have as well. Now, Paul did not have a wealthy organization giving him support, but he did have a great God who enabled generous friends to meet his needs. Paul saw their gift as a fragrant sacrifice to the Lord, and he rejoiced in the Lord for what they did. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 3rd, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 23. Dear brothers and sisters, I, Paul, love you and long to see you, for you are my joy and the reward for my work. So please, stay true to the Lord, my dear friends. And now I want to plead with those two women, Yodia and Syntyche. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true teammate, to help these women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. And they worked with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice! Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. How grateful I am, and how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but for a while you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything with the help of Christ, who gives me the strength I need. But even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. 
Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. What I want is for you to receive a well-earned reward because of your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need, more than I need. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable to God and pleases Him. And this same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now glory be to God our Father, for ever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to all the Christians there. The brothers who are with me here send you their greetings, and all the other Christians send their greetings too, especially those who work in Caesar's palace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. There's a lot of people in this world right now that are carrying things around from 20 years ago against their parents, against their family members, and um, holding on to bitterness. And they're just carrying it, carrying it, carrying it, and not letting go. And I just want to share something as why this happens. And the reason that something like this happens is because we don't know who we are. We don't recognize that we've been bought with a price. We lose focus on what God has done for us. You got eternity. The real person that's in trouble is the person who hurt you. And if you're not concerned about that person who hurt you, then you haven't got the Spirit of Christ dwelling in you. Can you imagine Jesus Christ saying, Look, you know what? I know they ate the fruit. They really hurt me. Let them, let them perish. Let them go. You know? Could you imagine Jesus Christ getting to the cross and seeing these people that he came to save trying to kill him? And, and just, just saying, look, I'm done with these stiff necks. God, bring me home halfway up the hill with this cross. Could you imagine Jesus doing that? That's intense to go through something like that. And Jesus took that all. I'm sure we've all, some of us have probably suffered some pretty hard things. But Jesus still loved them throughout it all. He still, in the face of that, he showed them love. In the face of what they did to him, he showed them love. Now, is it possible that we can do something like that? Can we become love? See, we're not here to gain attention by dressing a certain way, right? We're here to become love. We're not here to try to get love. <laughs> we're, we're here to become love. We're here to share the love. And the love is the love from the Father. We need to tell people about the kingdom of God that has come unto them. And that you are important. You are valuable. God bought you with a price. You are the temple of the living God. I could have built a big temple in the sky and dwelt in that, but I said, no, no, you, I love you, I want you, you look good to me, I want to dwell in you. You are a lively stone built up a spiritual house. You are the church of God, and when I, you allow me to dwell in you, the gates of hell will never prevail against you again. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. You won't be overcome 
by sin anymore if you'll accept it. But the only way is, is that Jesus is sitting there knocking at the door. The only way that this is going to happen is for you to allow it. And when Christ is living in you, you are an ambassador for that kingdom. And so every time you complain, if you keep on complaining, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting that you are a son of God, a child of God, given uh, the Holy Spirit. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And as soon as you start complaining, you're complaining against God. You're saying, God, the man that you made, you know what? He hurt me. Or the woman that you made, you know what? She hurt me. And it's your fault. That's what you're saying. It's God's fault. And you know what? You're actually walking away from God. You're hiding from Him. You're putting on the fig leaves sewing your own apron and you're going to go do things your own way. You're going to walk away from the garden, from the kingdom that He's given to you. Every time you do that, you cannot forget who you are. This is so important. You are so important to God. He didn't stop at the cross, at going up that hill. He didn't stop when He's carrying that cross up. He took up His cross and He went up all the way the hill without complaining, saying, no stiff necks, I don't want to save them. And that is our duty. Take up your cross. Christ has already given you the victory. Now you're here for a short space. You're not here forever. This is not our world. This is not our kingdom. We are not of this world. Our kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom is above. Jerusalem, which is above. The, the mother of us all. We are told that this kingdom above, the heavenly Jerusalem, has way more, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain. I know we're going through it for a short time here, very short time, like like a, a speck of a second almost compared to eternity. So let's not complain. We're here to become love and to show love to others. We're here to become love for other people so that other people can come into the kingdom. Psalm 75, verses 1 through 10. God is the judge. His people are only His witnesses. We can tell others about His great works and His gracious warnings, but we cannot tell them when His judgment will fall. God will choose the proper time, and His judgment will be just. The proud rulers of the nations think they're secure, but the God who set them up can also pull them down. The wicked think they are getting away with their evil deeds. But you know, one day they must drink the wine of God's wrath. Meanwhile, God's children continue to sing His praises because they are sure God knows what He's doing. The world needs our witness, and worship is the greatest witness of all. So next time you're disturbed by the evil in the world, pause and just praise the Lord. Psalm 75, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, to be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy, a song. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your mighty miracles. God says, 
At the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't lift your fists in defiance at the heavens, or speak with rebellious arrogance. For no one on earth, from east or west, or even from the wilderness, can raise another person up. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in His hand. It is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours the wine out in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Israel. For God says, I will cut off the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. Proverbs 24, verses 17 through 20. Do not rejoice when your enemies fall into trouble. Don't be happy when they stumble, for the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn His anger away from them. Do not fret because of evildoers. Don't envy the wicked, for the evil have no future. Their light will be snuffed out.